Hey guys, welcome back to the What's Next podcast. Come to you right here from beautiful Monterey, California. We've got Miss Yvonne in today. How the heck are you? Doing well. Yeah, it's, it's Tuesday. Oh yeah, it's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty sunny out today, so it's a good change from, you know, all that rain we just had. So Perfect. Doing yeah. really good. Doing really good. How about yourself? Well, I can't complain. You know, I get Mondays and Tuesdays off, and today's Tuesday, so everything I didn't get done yesterday, I have to rush and hurry up and get done, you I, know, for the I business. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of like my Sunday. Hurry up and get everything done. Meal preps, all that kind of stuff, you know. All the good stuff, for exactly. sure. Exactly. Laundry, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do today? Um, today, whew, already feels like ages ago. <laughs> no. morning. Um, just getting everything wrapped up. Um, I know we've talked before. Really, really love your work here with the Live Well Therapeutic Massage. Um, but yeah, just getting ready to graduate from the Naval Postgraduate School here. Okay. And, You're in the Navy? Uh, Marine Corps. Marine Corps. Okay. Yeah. So they do all services here, which is pretty sure. awesome. It's like a gem I recommend it to everyone I talk to really? that is even remotely interested in getting another anything educational. Um, but yeah, just wrapping that up, just wrapped up 27 month program in computer okay. science. Oh, um, okay. It's not the language Institute. You're actually doing yeah, they uh, have, a master's in, in what is it? Uh, correct. It's computer science. Computer and I science. Yeah. Oh, you're one of the smart kids. <laughs> I just try really hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> retention uh, in the mind uh, yeah i mean it, it was very challenging um but it was honestly one of the most worthwhile programs so like dli like you mentioned the defense language institute that's an army school um, i see out over I don't know, that part of monterey yeah yeah um, right but then right across the street here from you it's like really all sorts of different programs a lot of them are technical some are less technical but they still have you know their analysis courses but yeah. yeah i did that specialized in artificial intelligence with what they offered here and it's just really cool like just what you get to learn about super cool what a cool field it is <laughs> like a flash of the future too uh, if you wanted to go into something you know they always said magnetics or uh robotics that type of thing you know back in the 70s it's like now it's now it's software software oh, and yeah. right how cool yeah definitely For robotics and yeah, um, AI. Holy cow! Tell me some more about that. <laughs> All of my opinions are mine, and not the sure. representative right, right. of the Department of Defense or United States. <laughs> or um, I think it comes down to the basics. So, like many of us who start here, coming from like. I don't know what percent, but basically almost everyone except for a handful of people are all military with at least four plus years in the operational forces. Mm. And so very few of us actually have a technical background, but then we get we get here, we get selected, every service does a little bit differently, and then we get spun up. It's very fast. We call it like the fire hose effect. <laughs> right. Um, but it's really the people, like in particular my cohort, that's what we call our groups here, um, that really came together during like smack in the middle of COVID. It had just started. So it was like half of our program was at home because it was exactly all on the computer. Huh? Yeah. So it was it was hard and for multiple angles because many of us haven't been in school for four plus years. Many of us did not have a computer science background. Um, then being in the school environment in like at home and then with, you know, all the isolation that everyone went through, right. plus all the like the ongoing pace, but it was the people that really came together and we, we developed a like sense of humor to cope with everything. Exactly. And that was just super special. Well, you got to keep yourself motivated. You got to keep driving forward and that's so hard to do. And not only you can't see anybody and 
Well, back then, we had a lot of fires going, so you couldn't even really go running at all. It was just literally stuck in your house with the windows closed and trying to talk to the computer. That's no good for you. Yeah, that too. I I like already kind of had forgotten about that because so much happens over every three months. Our life schedule would change. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, that happens. Just human interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Losing control. So how nice to get back. 100%. Super, super nice. Even like the people that are very much on the introverted end, you could tell they were craving some human interaction. That's true, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. wanted to talk, talking too much. I did that myself, I hardly <laughs> ever talk, and now I talk, can't stop now talking. Now you have a podcast. <laughs> now I have a podcast, <laughs> oh, I know. So you would, you did the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. where was the decision there? Did you come out of high school and decide? Uh, yeah, actually, I in the city that I grew up in LA, um, there actually wasn't much propaganda or you know just advertising of military anything. Yeah. Um, and then I happened to I was just looking for a way to pay for school because I knew sure. my parents who they actually grew up in Mexico moved to Los Angeles when they got married. They couldn't barely. They weren't trying it. to flip the bill for college. They said they would support, but sure. I, I saw the effect that it had with my older sister. Um, she actually went to USC and mm. got a ton of scholarships. So she's super smart. She was a valedictorian sure, right, and all right. that. But like, even I, still, even with the little bit that my parents did could help, um, I saw the strain at home. Sure. And I couldn't do that to my right. younger brother. Right. So I'm like, I got to find a way to pay for school. And lo and behold, around uh, right before senior year in high school started, I happened to learn about the like the military path that pays for school at mm. the same time and then basically have a guaranteed four years of employment right and serving um, and at the same time I basically got to do the reserve officer training corps at mm. UC Berkeley so it's like separate you had to be accepted into a school that has a program plus get the scholarship and then at the same time I got to train which is also one program or one of the commissioning paths that I recommend to everyone because really? It's like the best of both worlds. You get to have your normal life in school with all your other classmates that, you know, they're just in school mode. Sure, right. And then, but you also get the most rigorous and the most, uh, how do I say this? Just the most intense and the intense. best training that you could get right. at the same time. And so, like, at times when one would become too much, I would just flip to the other one and focus on that one. And that right. helped keep a really good balance, just like sanity wise and and yeah, so I like to say it kicked my butt both academically because I studied math there um, and also physically because I was training for commissioning as a Marine Corps officer. So. Sure, right. You already done the boot camp and all your... That's catching, part of the pipeline. That's part of it. Yeah, yeah, so like everything all hinges on your one summer at OCS right. in Quantico, Virginia. And yeah, it's just like pretty... Like people who come from my background, I think the coolest thing about the military is that it allows someone who doesn't like have much growing up or like mm-hmm. doesn't have much to you know inherit or something sure, sure, like that right. from their family right. literally is a way for you to like build a future in a career mm. get yourself started get some concrete leadership skills be able to do well under stress be mm. able to do well under like just a lot of changing environments that gives you a, a like this inborn resilience even more even more than you would that you have. already have Correct. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So like, that's what it offered honestly. And, um, but yeah, that's, yeah, I got a buddy, Mark, that, uh, he went off to college and same thing. He just saw the strain he was putting on his parents. They're field workers. And was like, you know what? I got to get out of college. And he went off into the air force and did the same thing that you did. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, yeah. 
Yeah. Good call. Definitely. Right. I mean, honestly, I recognize it was 100% divine intervention because sure. just at the right time, happened to learn about it, just at the right time to apply for everything, the doing the essays, the scholar, the, yeah, the essays, the interview, the first time ever physical fitness test. Thankfully, I like loved all the discipline sure. stuff and, and uh, you know, the pitch The if anyone's ever heard the recruiter pitch, the earn never given. You're all in. All of it. I'm like, that spoke to my soul. Yeah, and that's cool. So, yeah, right. it's, it's been a blessing. Um, lots of ups and downs, pros and cons, right? Just like anything else. But mm. I would say more more pros and more blessings than not. Yeah. For sure. So you'll leave, you'll leave here in, what, a year with a master's in computer science and, and and an officer you've already become an officer in Correct. order to get here yeah that was um as soon as we commit basically as soon as we graduated and then as long as you pass ocs you commission right after you graduate because you right. have to have at least a bachelor's degree um so that was back when i graduated from undergrad and then you do some operational time and then ended up getting selected to come here along with my husband who's also active duty marine um, also an officer and so we were here for two years and a quarter and so, yeah. Already. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So yeah. we've been here since June of 2020. Oh, cool. So yeah. you got, you both, did you meet here or you both decided to go here and made it work? How did that happen? Yeah, we Usually have... I don't think of the military <laughs> as being that friendly. Uh, they've gotten better. But you're married. So correct. that makes a huge difference, right? A hundred percent. Right. Um, we actually met at the first training that Marine officers go to okay. after you commission. It's called the basic school, TBS in Quantico, Virginia. So yeah, that is its own set of adventures. Um, but that's where we met, arguably one of the most unique places to get to know someone and their character under high stress. Right. Everyone's tired of being evaluated, just tired of all the field events and, and hikes. And all, basically you're always being evaluated and taking tests and everything yeah. else. So um, that's where we met. And yeah. basically we've been, this December, it'll be four years that we've been married. You so. just graded down to the core at that point. So you're kind of meeting <laughs> each other's souls at that point right <laughs> there's they no hiding wear you down. there's exactly. no hiding how you really None. are under stress there <laughs> that's cool so yeah. you know who you got for sure 100 percent. you know um, how cool is that what's uh what do you what are you what are you shooting for from here where do you what do you want to go you want to go into ai is that kind of the, the idea um i think right now so we were just, we've always, I think for the most part, we've always been looking at what's the next thing that we can do that will just create more options. Mm. So for us coming here, this is one of the few educational duty stations that counts for more uh, outside on the civilian sector. So mm. from here, we actually have a payback tour and we'll be in Washington, D.C. That was our primary, uh, that was our first pick. When we okay. both got it, it worked out. It's the only place we could be co-located. My husband mm. studied space systems operations. I see. So right. it's like all satellites, communication. He also has a background in the infantry. So he like knows how it can support on the tactical side. Sure. So it's a unique perspective. Um, and so we'll be there for at least four years. And then, but yeah, like exactly what you said, the type of education that we got here, we could very much go out into anything. Like Google Engineer has definitely oh, been yeah. on the horizon. Options are wide open then, huh? It's probably all yeah. over the all over that field. Just got to cover all kinds of things. He'll probably sounds like he'll probably shoot for Space Force after four years, wouldn't you think? It's definitely tempting, yeah. uh, you know, because just because they're newer and they're more almost like in a startup phase, which he absolutely exactly. Loves getting to mold things, right. policies, culture, all of that. Um, so it all depends. He's going to be working 
in a joint billet. So he'll be basically have feet in both worlds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, we're never like concrete on this way or no way, right? Sure, like the right. military just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, but we're just always working our best at whatever whatever responsibilities we have. And things have just gone well because of that mindset more than anything. Right. We were grateful to have mentors along the way who like coach us on the mindset, right? Because whether you're in the military, or outside the military, so many things can happen where you're like, you know, you could either start to go down a negative complaining path or just always look at things for the opportunity can provide, even if you don't see it, um, just doing your best and like trusting that things will just always continue working out. Right. Um, yeah. So that, that's more so the mindset. And same thing with like a technical degree. I'm also very passionate about having more minorities and women in STEM. Sure, um, right. So like my role here, I actually came with that mentality of I need to make sure that I do well here because of not only like to show that I can do it, but also all the different communities that I represent. Breaking um, down some barriers. Making it the norm, correct? Yeah, yeah. That right. anyone can learn it. Anyone can yeah. learn computer science. Anyone can learn, right, with the right amount of time and focus and effort. Drive. Mm -hmm. Right, right. All sure. of it. Like, can learn it. And it's it's lucrative how much you can do, uh, like, once you have that kind of baseline education. And you can really, really do anything. Because software rules are life now. Right. We can't, we can't even be having this conversation right now if it wasn't for the software. And you're for doing, sure. You know, or, or even where the podcast gets distributed, that all of that is run by software. And I think it's actually pretty important for us to have all the like as many perspectives as possible on the table of the people who are designing the software that is literally running our lives mm. at this point. And it's only going to continue like exponentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go down a, a weird rabbit hole because I've heard this before and I want to see what you think of it. Um, when they talk about artificial intelligence and they're talking about uh, the computers in their infancy at this point, and we're going to start making them start thinking for themselves, when all we've been using them for for the last 20 years is greed and thievery and, you know, how is that going to come as an infant? It's going to learn upon itself and it's going to want to learn the human psyche, but that's a not a good place to go, you know, and the internet is catching all of that. So if something like the internet gains a consciousness and looks at what we've been doing, it's going to be, it's going to be an evil source of, don't you think, am I wrong there? Am I watching too much TV or what? I mean, I think you definitely bring up a great thought experiment because it's been a real experiment. It has. Um, but very much like you say, like the majority of the technology that we've had before artificial intelligence, it's basically coding rules, right? So it does exactly what you program. So if something goes wrong, it's because you didn't program it correctly. But if we're trying to get something to, let's say, aid in decision making is a huge, huge thing, um, then that's where you have to say, how can we build something? There's different versions. There's like something called a black box model where it just outputs a decision, right? With however you're, you're programming it. And that is dangerous because you don't know how it made a decision. Ooh, There's right. something called explainable AI or other versions like that, that you can actually see how it made a decision. Almost like if you're talking to a human and they could say why they decided to do something. But that takes a lot more resources, a lot more time, a lot more effort. Um, so that's the trade-off, right? And then, so there's actually been something like, for example, in my 
I remember very clearly in our intro to AI class, it was about uh, some chat bot, and I forget the name, I think it was like Tay or something, that was meant precisely to learn from conversations online to try to like communicate with people. I believe it was on Twitter, and it was precisely learning about the language. And then very quickly, that bot that uh, learned from like how to interact and have like a natural response or conversation quickly ended up being uh, racist and something else. Evil. Yeah, but it was a reflection precisely of what you said of the data. Exactly, that's what I was kind of getting at. What we build, it's only as good as what you put into it. Sure. Of data-wise, there's one thing how you build it, there's another thing of how you train it. And yeah. if you're training it on data that is bad, then you're gonna get a bad outcome because it's actually training well to that bad data. It's actually learning and then canceling out some of the things it's already learned because now this is different or whatever. It's That's all about the preponderance wow. of data. If the preponderance of it reflects these these biases or yeah, just, yeah. you know, maybe like, depending on the, your data source, whether you're looking at like uh, historical crimes of um, like how likely someone is to be put into jail for a longer period of time or like how risky they are. There's algorithms in certain counties in the country that have tried to predict someone's likelihood to reoffend, mm. And then that influences to some degree, right? Like it influences a judge's decision sure. of whether or not someone is gonna be in jail longer or not. And that's huge because- By what? Yeah. By but, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's a whole article on that and I can like send you that if you're more interested yeah, in that's, those kinds yeah, of Yeah, we'll things. post that up. That's, that's interesting, interesting yeah. stuff. That's always the, the, the only question I have with AI. It's like, do we really wanna turn this on? I don't know. It's all about how you build it. Right. Yeah, and we're so, not teaching it very well. And, and I think that depends on like, there's things like ethical hackers, people who are very highly skilled and can hack into systems, but who do it for a good reason. Really? Mm-hmm. Do tell. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't learn that here necessarily. No, no sure. Right. But, but you hear about we it. know of it or like discuss it. Like there's a class that we took that just started with our cohort called Trustworthy and Responsible AI. And then that's a lot of it is a construct of how does society see it? Mm-hmm. How, how can like trust is important before we implement it at scale? Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. we the people have to accept it. Right, right. Right. But I mean, first, they have to know that it's there, how it's being intended to be used. And then do you accept it? And why or why not? And then right. address those concerns. Yeah. So that's that's a huge discussion. Right. So like things can't be implemented at scale precisely because of the scenario you post. Right. How can we ensure that does not happen? Or if it does, how can we catch it early enough? How can we stop it? How can we prevent any kind of repercussions that it causes? All of that has to be considered by the people who are developing and employing that. Mm. But I mean, it, it all depends. And given how quickly technology has just boomed over the last decade plus, the federal system has not caught up to understand all of those nuances. So like in order to require people to operate more ethically, it can't be at the individual company's level. Like we've seen that. Um, Some companies have done better, but for the most part, like the larger platforms who, uh, people, right? It's a people issue, but the platforms facilitate people who want to do harm in, in some cases for a tool that was for all you know, purposes made for a good purpose. But people who want to do harm see the possibility of using a tool for harm. So in order to rec- like actually have all of these software companies that are part of our daily life to actually plan for those things, 
it has to come from the federal level to mm. be able to say you must account for basically, you know, if there's like hate speech or people being abused or people being able to create accounts, like all. And of the, what like, is hate speech? That's that's a that's big a whole issue. other sliding yeah. scale too. And then know? it's also like, how do you having algorithms that search for it, yeah. that flag it, that stop it? Sure, all these right. things are possible. And, and what is it? to you might be something different than what it is to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I know there's a lot of problem that in San Francisco, it's like, oh, we just knock this guy off of Twitter because we don't like what he's saying, oh, even like though you're letting... culture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, so yeah, you don't want to, you know, enter it that way either. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, the, everything's so... That's interesting. That is so deep. That's so cool. <laughs> right. Yeah, th those are my favorite parts about it is like, can you code it and can you do it? Yeah, that's, that's a very <laughs> rigorous side of it. But the other part is the bigger picture, the how do we employ it, the how do we do things right, how do we, what we think is a very cool thing for how we could live in the future, how can we employ it in a way that, like, we'll be proud to tell our kids in the future and your grandkids that, like, sure. we did this and we did it the right way. Right, or right. We did it this way to make sure you didn't have to, like, basically recreate all of the emotional uh, effects of, like, things going rampant when it doesn't have to go rampant, if that yeah, makes sense. Sure, right. Yeah. They're still gonna look at you like, where was your morals? What were you thinking back then, you know? Yeah, I mean we just have to do better. Like we can look at people that lived that lived eighty years ago, it's like, you know, what is wrong with the way those people thought? Well that's just what they had. And it's what They're, they knew. That's what they knew. They were trying yeah. to figure it out, you know, we're different people now, you know. Yeah. So we have to look at the future too, you know, we're Mm -hmm. Got to be ethical and looking at what ethics might be in a future, you know, or that kind of thing. There's, there's so much that goes into that, turning yeah. intelligence over to something else. And actually, even just what you're saying right now of like, we have to think and like even the conversation that we're having right now, I think this is truly the difference maker is being able to have conversations with exactly. people. Exactly. So like back in the day, when you look at what were the common professions, how big the philosopher community used to be, right? What, what are philosophers, right? They could be many things to many people, but what I saw it as is like people who are thinking about life, the caliber of life, how to do better, how we can better the, you know, the human population. In the future. It, uh, correct, as we right, go. Right. And it's like, who are the philosophers of today? Yeah. Who are those people that are pushing the envelope of how to do better? Hmm. Like that is something that it... I feel like has gotten clouded since the, the rise of, well, really just social media period, whether cancel cultural or not. Right. It's more of like just how much noise there seems to be that we can't really hear. Who are those voices that yeah. are championing a better future mm -hmm. today in our version? Who are today's philosophers right. that are trying to think about things? And when we look at today's leaders, it's like, uh, how how do we identify them and how can we rise them up to hear that more clearly so that we can be challenged to think better? So like from what I have personally seen in my experiences, people who are more progressive minded or who are or maybe who just care about how do we live better? It comes down to people. It comes down to really at its most basic level, respect and dignity for one another. Mm. And then who are the people pushing that? Who are the people advocating for respect and dignity for one another? Um, that is always what I am intrigued in and 
and really what I tried to imbue into my, even my thesis work here and what I hope to have as a conversation starter and my payback tour and everything. So, mm. yeah. It's a kind of a thin slice of the population though, the people that are living ethically and morally, you know, so. so. I mean, I think people try yeah. like, for the most part. Like I'd, I'd rather believe that most people try to do the right thing or try not to intentionally do the wrong thing. Right, right. Um, and so it's kind of like what you're saying of being able to think for yourself of what is right and wrong, not mm -hmm. what I see on media. Right. Right. And not right. even social media, straight up like even movies and TV sure. series that somehow reflect back society, but also but also showcase certain stereotypes that then get reflected back into society. Exactly. So it's like, like being able to anchor ourselves in our own morals of what are our non-negotiables. Um, so yeah, right, right. That's the stuff I love, and that's exactly that's the stuff I love to talk about with people. Well, you know, I was listening to a I listened to a thing the other day, a little bit off a track, um, but they were talking about uh, European nations. They want to start using less energy, so. The, some of the things they do in farming and that kind of thing and through Europe and they want to change the law so they're not using so much energy. Well, you know, in turn, you're not going to be able to feed a huge part of Africa and a half a million people are going to die in the next couple of years. But it's like, are you doing the right thing? Yes, I guess. We're trying to use less energy to so we don't wreck the planet as fast. But at the same time, what you're doing is is causing harm in another part of the country so you know sometimes you can be sitting in your okay i'm i'm being ethical i'm being but are you you know it's it's it's, it's a it's a weird depends on how you look at it you know what i'm saying yeah it, yeah it's like the almost like the ripple effects exactly of like if a certain population or small group are trying to advance themselves in some aspect but then there is a ripple effect on other people who might be depending on that. Exactly. Um, which is a hard issue, right? Like, sure so that's is. something that um, I've come across. It's called a wicked problem. Where wicked or wicked? Wicked. Like it's a, that's a wicked problem. It, it's, a, it's a wicked problem in the sense <laughs> Dude, that, totally. in the sense that it's so entangled of, if you were to try to understand, well, you address the issue of energy and you address the issue of basically climate change and, climate change and also like just people who are hungry, who are lacking feed, food, water. basic necessities. So it's like all of those are huge issues. And if you try to pull that string back of this knotted ball of right. cause and effects and, and things that things are affected by, there's just no singular start end. Isn't that crazy? So that, that's a wicked problem in, you know, a very... In, in the way that I understand it to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it's, I didn't mean to take you down yeah. that rabbit hole. No, I mean, it's, it's just, all, I, it's, I just, all, it's connected. It's lot, yeah. I love discussion like that and deep thought like that. And it's just super cool. So tell me where, where'd you come from? Where'd you grow up? Your, your folks were, um, came in from Mexico. Yeah. Uh, so when the, did they get here? The state of Guanajuato, Leon, or Leon, Guanajuato in Easy Mexico. for you to say. <laughs> yeah, try it. Guanajuato. <laughs> Leon, <laughs> lion in Spanish, Guanajuato. Um, yeah, they grew up there. And lion, wait, what? Lion, what does it mean? Leon is lion. Lion? Yeah, and then Guanajuato is just a state name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, just, all right. Anyways. <laughs> Casual. That's where your folks grew up. Uh-huh, that's yeah. where they grew up. Um, is that Mexico or where that is that? That is Mexico. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. 
and it's in kind of central. If you were to drive an hour either east west, you would hit the water. Oh, really? Basically. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. So they they grew up there and they had much less than what the typical American household has here. Sure. But they like worked their butts off. My mom, she's gone through a lot of hardships, and she is literally the biggest contributor to my character. And I like to say little did she know growing up, she was preparing me to be fully like in all aspects to be prepared for the Marine Corps. Right on. <laughs> she did not know. <laughs> Are they both still alive? Um, yes. They're yeah, still here. Cool. Nice. They're coming for graduation. Um, so I just really seen how hard my parents worked growing up. And my mom, even, even though she lost her mom at a young age and had, basically to figure everything out herself at such a young age. Um, she managed to graduate as a nurse in Mexico, which mm. is a very prestigious profession. Huge. She worked in the operating room, basically. Wow. She was getting her second degree as a social worker um, over there when she met my dad. And then, so like my mom more than anything was a proponent and pushed my older sister, who was very successful academically, professionally, myself and my younger brother to focus on getting our education for just the options that it provides. And so when it came to us growing up, you know, like it was a must. It was no questions, no if, answer, buts. It's we had to get our education. We had to do better, really, for the family, for ourselves, for our future. Um, so really have them to thank for that. And grew up in Los Angeles basically my whole life and um, went to school at, at UC Berkeley, so Bay Area, super different. Yeah. Um, I I am biased towards Northern uh, California, Northern Bay now. Area. Right. Yeah. The first time I heard people say the word y'all, <laughs> 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 or sorry, no, yeah, y'all and uh, hella, they used to say that a lot. Hella. And you know, it just kind of just means a lot, right? Sure. Right. Hella. And yeah. Yeah. I used to, it was a little bit more ingrained in my vocabulary back then, but then I kind of lost it as I I'm went East Coast that. with <laughs> I've heard the kids say that, but yeah. hell of this or hell of that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to pick that one so up. <laughs> you got to be in it. If you, if right, you're just, right. if it's just you here saying hell out of your clients, that's, uh, no, that's right. like, <laughs> like, yeah, you're too old to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they'll think you're cool. You know? Yeah. No, I just think, uh, no, trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> you could pass. Well, that's cool. You grew up some badass women surrounding you, kind of teaching you how to be, you know, self-sufficient and mm -hmm. off on your own. Yeah. Mom's got to be so proud. A hundred percent. And she is. And I, but I still continue like in anything that I do, I just want to make my parents proud. Sure. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, more than anything. Um, I just really appreciate them. And yeah. I like being at this stage in life where, you know, I, yeah, I went through my teen years where we had a rocky relationship, yeah, yeah. but the, sure. as soon as I left home, our relationships instantly improved. Yeah, right, right. Because <laughs> then I realized how how much guidance I needed, and I knew like not everyone has this, and I recognize that. But I had someone in my corner, my mom primarily, who just gave me so much life wisdom. Yeah, of like I saw her growing up, she she never let like. Like she never let someone, let's say, who was like too lazy to do their job. And for some reason, her or our family was negatively affected. Like she did not go down without a fight. And, <laughs> and she always won. Right, let's just right. say that. Exactly. She always won. So I saw her. Find a way. Yeah. Oh, oh, she found a way. Right, right. You know, and I saw her that sure. like, so like that spirit of whatever you got to do and anything, especially for your family, that you have to stand up to make sure they have what they need. 
you will do that. There yeah. is there is no right. <laughs> there is no other option. You you will make sure your family is taken care of. And it wasn't for her active involvement when like I grew up in the public education school system and I since I was in like third grade I started doing really well in math and as I I think I was like in middle school I qualified for these higher level math classes but they would tell me, oh, sorry, our classrooms are full. We can't, you know, you sorry. And mom's yeah. like, the heck huh? you are. You're going to put a chair in that Slide classroom for my daughter. That's right. Like, got the grades or the scores to right. be there. You will find a way. Exactly. And, and she should be. Yeah. You need an advocate at that age. 100%. You know, it's not all parents are going to do that. And mm-hmm. their parent, their kids aren't going to be in there. Yeah, 100%. You know? And. Yeah, but you was... better stand up and kick some ass <laughs> once you get in there. Or mom's going to be up <laughs> in your face, won't she? Oh, yeah. 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 She, uh, yeah, she definitely like made sure we had what we needed. And it, but it's moments like that that she showed me how to fight for getting, you know, accomplishing whatever goal mm. or getting things done, or even if it meant helping someone else out in the situation. Mm. So, like, it's that kind of. I say fire, but it's like it's sure. it's the the determination to do what is right. Mm. Uh, I think more than anything is what I saw growing up, mm-hmm. and she never backed down. Yeah, and that's yeah. That family values is huge. Hundred percent. You know, because that's what she's thinking about. She's not really thinking about herself that much at all. Every hundred percent is advancing the family, whether it's because of the Mexican culture or mm-hmm. because it's. Um, coming to a new land and having to fight extra hard to, to you know, Everything. get that, all that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't know. I've, I, we've kind of lost that family mm. type of thing in America with the white people anyways. <laughs> you know, it's like I see the Mexican people. They're so into familia, something like that, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I haven't talked to my dad in a decade, you know. It's like, I don't mm. know where he is even, you know. You just wouldn't let that happen, Mm-mm. you know. I think it depends on people. So, like, sure, my mom grew up more like that, so she did that inherently. My dad, we, like, he didn't put as much uh, intentional effort to get us around his family. So, naturally, we became closer with my mom's side of the family. So, it's a bit of give and take. Maybe not, that is Not every common. family is like that, yeah. but it's it's a... It's a choice. Sure. It's a choice, whether it's part of your personality or not. Yeah. If family is important to you, you have to do it even when it's inconvenient. Like mom's mom wouldn't let you get away. Yeah. Or no, dad's mom, maybe. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it, it depends, right? Like, we can, I'm a firm believer, we can create the environment that we want. Right. And it's not always easy. And, of course, we've, like, argued as families, but we always come back together. Sure. And so, because. Gotta argue. You gotta do it. I had, this, uh, I, had, I had this guy on the podcast, oh, maybe a few months back, and uh, he makes he has a wine company up in Washington, and uh, the one wine that he makes, I'll probably say it wrong, but uh, Maglioni or something like mm-hmm. that, it's Italian for a better life, hmm. because his grandparents came over from the old world mm-hmm. to come to America to give their family a better life, and it was just, uh, it was just assumed that you are going to do well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't there. There wasn't an option of anything else, mm-hmm. you know, from an Italian family, you're from a Mexican family. So yeah. it's something about coming to this land, mm-hmm. you know, of opportunity and just like now you, you're here, do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty similar, very much yeah. like it's it, it makes sense. It's very that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, super guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You seem awesome, too. So, <laughs> to fight to get along. You know? yeah. So, 
L.A. What part of L.A. were you from? Is that a bad part? Or yeah, I mean, yeah, you hear a lot of crap. I, about it. I'm from L.A. Like, oh shit. Is that good yeah, or bad? I mean, it depends. You a Hollywood right? kid, or you? Oh no. <laughs> I mean, Hollywood's like yeah. it's taking a turn, but yeah, it's not Hollywood um, of the '40s anymore. Unless it's like the super, you know, expensive part. But yeah. no, yeah. Um, north of Long Beach, like all of the cities are like so close together. There, it's very okay. overpopulated. Yeah. There's a lot of crime, unfortunately. Yes, sir. And so, growing up, I'm like, I need to get out of here. Number one, I need to find a way to get out of here you know with the right way not just like Is struggling like, to survive like a mexican community with a lot of gangs and that kind of thing or um i'm from way up in the woods so i <laughs> forgive me yeah, my, you're from michigan right they don't yeah. have that like, Is no, it what i see in the movies yeah, right. exactly right <laughs> um not quite guys that with the tattoos on their necks and shit right i mean you do see that <laughs> cars bouncing up and down it's just it's just not as like not as comical as what you see <laughs> right, yeah. on media um, but, but there is presence of a lot of those things sure. and it's like, I want to get, one of my goals is to get my parents out of there, like yeah. buy them a home, their dream home. I already had them like think over the past couple of two years of the kind of home that they'd like to be in right. so that my husband and I were like, we're working to build ourselves up financially so that we can create, like actually make that a reality for both of our parents, his, his parents and my parents. That's killer. Um, because they like, they deserve better. Yeah. I think that. And yeah. like they poured so much into us and we owe it. They've never told us, but we've taken it upon ourselves to like as a duty of we owe it to them to give them a better life for the rest of their years, right, especially right. with where we're at. We would not have been here had it not been oh, for their choices. 100%, right? So, yeah. I And their fight. Yeah. Decades and decades of fight, not mm-hmm. just fighting to, you know, yeah. We actually cool. did uh, during our June break. Um, went back to Mexico for my mom's side of the family primarily and, and my dad too. Um, uh, I did a mini documentary, a mini family documentary oh, cool. of just like showing where they grew up because even though I used to visit a lot growing up, it it's just different. Like anytime I went there, I knew it wasn't home for me. Mm. It was not home. Sure. Even though the people are like, you know, I love my tias. Yeah, I love, right. Like sure. every time I go, I meet a new cousin, you know, right, right. to this day. Um, <laughs> Everybody looks like me. Yeah. Well, no. Okay. No. You're Mr. Michigan over there. <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> not everybody looks like me, but it's just like, I meet a new cousin. Well, you're it's in like, your culture. You're at hundred percent of your own. How culture. did I not meet you 20 years ago? Exactly. Or like, you're 20 years old. How did I not meet you in the last right. 10 years? Like, that's ridiculous. That's the kind of stuff that I mean of like you've been here this whole time like okay That's anyways crazy. you're pretty cool now so yeah right um so we did a fam- mini family documentary because I really wanted to capture those stories yes of like my mom has told me growing up what their stories were like and even my dad we had to like pull them from him but um just sure. what life was like and the those are the stories that were ingrained in me mm-hmm. when I was going through when I had like moved out of my home and into the college uh, like on my own that I was the first one to go like that far away from family. I was seven hours driving North. Right. Um, and so I was like on my own. Um, and it was then when I would like have those long nights of just like trying to do well in all my classes and like math, math, I did theoretical math. So it's like a different kind of math. There's no numbers once you get to the higher level classes. So really? it was, it was really hard. It was just a really hard skill to develop. Um, and I remember when I, everyone wants to give up, you know, like, sure, you're like right. super stuck on a problem set, but I, it was those stories of everything that my mom overcame mm-hmm. that I would remember if she did that, yeah. I have nothing to complain about. Like yeah. 
I can figure it out. I just got to spend more time on this or I got to ask more people or I got to find a tutor. I got to do whatever to make it happen. You don't seem like the person that would get discouraged. You got to find a way. You got to find a way. Right. And so that, that was that. So those stories that I could, like, we don't have kids right now, but we will in the future. And I want our kids to know that. I want them to know where they came from because they sure as heck are not going to be, you know, like taking things for granted or anything like that. Um, They will more than you did. You know, for sure, there'll be if we if we aren't intentional. Exactly, it's easy for our kids sure. to become entitled in the future. Yeah, but we want to be intentional about it. And the best way that I thought was, it was precisely those stories mm-hmm. that helped ground me in the sense of giving up is not an option. Sure, and so that's the idea of making the documentary. Mm-hmm. Being yeah. able to capture that, being able to show what right. it looked like. Right, like right. you come here in the roads of Monterey. Oh, this is another like this is a gem. Right sure. in the whole world. This yeah. is this is a freaking gem here. But then you go to where like my parents grew yeah. up or there's other similar places like that and you're like minus your, your 30 first years, thought, it's probably advanced a little bit since when <laughs> they were. It's advanced kids too. a lot since then. Right. But even even today, even if you were now, to go there, a first thought is <laughs> how do you live here? How do you live here? That is a first thought. That is a genuine thought. Yeah. But then why don't you get out of here? If you <laughs> were I mean you know that we could say that about different parts of the United States I know. too, right? I do all the time. <laughs> you do all the time. <laughs> See somebody that owns a hotel in the middle of the Mojave Desert. It's like, are you kidding me? What are you doing here? <laughs> hey, I, I think know, but they love own, it. They're you know? so happy. It's like, yeah. who am I to say? They're doing good exactly. things there. Yeah. So like. Once you spend some more time, then you get to see, it's kind of like the whole, the valley of when you travel and you get to see what cultures are like and how they live. And then you kind of see how they live and why, like, like if you were there for an extended period of time, you would get used to that way of Raised living. there. But that first moment of comparison, you, you, you land, you get there, you see, you're like, oh my gosh, how, like, how do people make it right. here? But they do. It's just like we make it here right. or anywhere else that we're at. Um, but it, it's... Yeah, like you said, it's those stories of preserving those memories. And I have a lot of older family members who, you know, I, I don't know how long they're going to be alive. And I value their stories and their experiences. Yeah. And so getting all that on video is super cool. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. I remember talking to a girl once that grew up in Vietnam. And when she came to America, she had to go to a state building or something. And they went into this little room and the door closed. And when it opened back up, they were somewhere else. And she was like, what? It was an elevator. She'd never seen an elevator before. I was like, that's oh. so that's so classic when you grow up in a, just out in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's cool. Yeah. You know, to get that documented. Yeah, that's true. For well, your kids. Well, and there's elevators kids. where my parents are, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's that's an extreme thing. But for yeah. sure, you know, it just I was just thinking you going back there, but it would be the same thing mm-hmm. for them. If they came here, like one of your cousins or somebody like that, they'd mm-hmm. be like, oh my God, how do, you live, how do you live here? How do you flush the toilet? How do you, you know, I don't know, whatever they do. You know? Yeah, the the biggest difference is, you know, it, I mean, we do very much live in a great country with yeah. all all the good and bad. Yeah, there's just no no place else Yeah, like where we live. Yeah. So. So cool super patriotic but it's true <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i loved math going to school i didn't make it very far in school but i remember that math just seemed to work mm-hmm. in my head mm-hmm. where language my mom was an english teacher just right over my head i just could not i couldn't get it in line but by those math classes just seemed to make sense 
mm-hmm. you know, there was a couple of weeks after summer vacation where everything was a little rusty, but you start doing your numbers and bang, it all just starts working. I ended up being a home builder and putting roofs together and go. all that. And that helped with the, you know, angles, nothing near with the math and what you're talking about, where you are past where you're dealing with numbers. I don't even want to know. It's, that's all, it's all proofs. It's like Is all it? logic. Yeah. That's cool. I used to struggle thinking how could like you couldn't even talk to anyone about it because you can't visualize these things. It's it's a, it's all based oh. on higher dimensions and it's like learning a new language every single class. And what later on reflecting back once I was in the fleet and I was like I finally recognized the value that it brought to my role and really all of life. Uh-huh. It's because it was all proofs. Let's you have see. to explain logic let's say from point A to point what D and you are starting with like a set of rules of facts. You're only starting with what is known and you have to keep falling from what is known about different things and like different corollaries, different things like that to be able to create every connecting point so that there's no gap from A to D so that you have to tie in the B, the C to get there. And then what that really means is anytime anything happens, it's there's a logical way to break stuff down. And is my eye twitching? A little yeah. bit. Too yeah. much, too much. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it just helps you like break down any situation into things that are logical. Yeah. So like right. that itself is is a skill that you can, you use in your whole life. So exactly. I'm super grateful for that. But I think like what you said, like the numbers that it might have clicked for you. I also think the way it's first presented to us makes a huge difference in how we approach it, whether it's favorably or unfavorably. So hmm. that's why like teachers, interesting. teachers have such a huge impact. Right. So if you like have a negative, if you like feel, feel pressure or feel um, like shame in any way, <laughs> right? For some reason in class, right? Cause they could be like putting on the spot or different things sure. that then gets like ingrained in you. And then you're less likely to continue doing the things that would otherwise build your proficiency. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. So that's huge actually, just being able that's to- a, That's that. a mental thing. Cause you can, you know, I, I deal with a lot, like in, in uh, well, it's, um, what am I, trying? I don't want to go off too far off, but if, if you set something off negatively mm-hmm. in your head and you keep connecting it with something negative, mm-hmm. as soon as you think about that, your brain's going to go negative. Exactly. I don't want to get too deep, but yeah, no, yeah. No, that's so correct. that's kind of what, you know, yeah, but I, I think doing. when you're a kid though, yeah. it's like, that's a teacher's responsibility in my, Truly. in my eyes. Right. Um, teacher slash parents, right? Like anyone who can help in that developmental role. Mm-hmm. So like that's a huge, huge thing is do you have a positive experience when you're being introduced to some of the core, you know, school things? Sure, right, right, yeah. yeah. We've all had teachers that have meant a ton to us, mm-hmm. you know, 100%. and it's all because of that. Mm-hmm. Because they turn it on, turned you onto it at, 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 at a positive way mm-hmm. and made you excited about Earth science was one of mine. I just love, you know, frogs and all that kind of stuff. And And that's why you have all your tools in your... Exactly. Building (laughs) houses and, you know, growing up in the woods. I'm a Hollander, so we are always furniture builders. So, you know, I love putting wood together. But there you go. That's, uh, of course... Well, hey, I, I had a great time talking to you today. Yeah. I'm a little overloaded. <laughs> You're way too smart for me. <laughs> this is a great conversation. <laughs> this is a great conversation. <laughs> no, I, 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 uh, very interesting talking to you and, and seeing your path, where you're going. You're very driven. And uh, I'm excited for your future. Thank you. Young lady. <laughs> it's, it's a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, we got to... 
I, I truly believe we're all made for a purpose. And I'm just trying to live out my purpose. Right on. Really. You got it. <laughs> hope and, your parents are proud of you. You're kicking some butt. Thank you. And really, same to you with all the all the lives that you've touched throughout the years, whether you know they've ever come back to tell you how they, you've impacted them or not. Just like I could tell you're very down to earth. And that I think that goes a long way. Just being a decent person and being decent to other people. Like one of my, one of the people who's also here at Naval Postgraduate School, her name is uh, Dominique. And she is such a boss. She's in the army. She has like she was like the first woman to command different type of units that right were on. previously like not open to women. Um, but she's just like the most put together human being I have ever seen. And she is involved in everything. That's cool. Um, and one of the things that she says, like when I tell her, I'm like, like I, every time I am around her, without her even trying, she does something that I just think is incredible. And I tell her. And then her thing, she doesn't even think anything of it. She just says, I'm just trying to be decent. And I'm like, that is awesome. That is so cool. More people need to do that. Just right. being decent. Yeah. And so, yeah, anyone can do it. Right. Any Like, anyone can be decent, and that has ripple effects in life. Um, but, yeah, the it was a great conversation. You're a hell of a decent person. <laughs> right thank you. Likewise. Well, thank you for coming in. I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye.